Welcome to May the Podcast Be With You. I'm Stephen Mather, solicitor and your business lawyer. I help small and medium-sized business owners and directors manage their legal problems. But more than that, I like to enjoy life, smile and learn from others. So this podcast is a way to help me and you learn how to be successful, whatever that may mean. Welcome along to a May the Podcast Be With You. My name's Stephen Mather, and today I am joined by Kevin Robinson of yourcopywriter.com. Welcome along, Kevin. Hi, Stephen. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm you know, surprised and, and, and honoured that you're prepared to talk to me. Hey, well, it's all good. Right. So um, first things first, Kevin, do you want to uh, introduce yourself? Tell us, tell the world about who you are. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. That's a complex story. When you get to my age, there's a lot of backstory, you know. Um, so... Uh, like you said, I, I, I have a business called yourcopywriter.com, which um, looking back, uh, if there's anything about naming that that I would change, it would be just how difficult it makes it when somebody says introduce your business because you then have to kind of, you feel as if you're insulting everybody's intelligence to so then go on and explain what yourcopywriter.com does. You know, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. We write copy. Um, and... Uh, I say we. There are there are. There's a very small team here, myself, and very recently my daughter. We'll probably come back to that in a bit. Um, and essentially, what we do here is provide copy uh, text for everything, from from emails through to, you know, uh, the minute I've got a piece of print copy on my screen and all that sort of stuff that we're doing. But we're we're, we're, um, we're story focused, and and the reason for that is, and here's where it all gets a bit kind of background is my origin, my superhero origin story, superhero, supervillain. I'll let you decide which is it. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll put a vote out for that. Okay. Um, my background is, I, for twenty years, I was in education um, as a university lecturer and a college lecturer. I was a standards verifier for schools and colleges, and I helped to to rewrite some national specifications for teaching and things like that as well as writing various stuff for, for colleges and universities and modules and all that kind of thing. Um, and my specialist area was actually uh, script writing for television. And I taught production and uh, screenwriting and various other things for many years. But prior to that, um, and I won't, I won't tell you the year because it, it scares me how long ago it is now, but um, I was in international sales and marketing and I, and I worked... Um, I was the Southern European distribution manager at one point for a computer components company. Um, and various you really got to things. worry about the year, by the way, if it's before I was born. That's that's the only time you need to worry. If it I, was before I, I was born, then yeah, it's ridiculously old. If it, it's before before you were back when things were still in black and white, all that kind of sepia <laughs> tone, wasn't it? <laughs> um, it was it was in the late nineties, and I, and I was just uh, driving into work one day, and I just thought, you know, what? I don't want to do this. Um, and I did, again, showing my age, I did a bit of a Reggie Perrin. I don't know if you remember the fall and rise of Reginald Perrin, but um, I literally walked in and just resigned and, and, and walked out of my old life as a, a, a quite a quite a senior person, you know, um, doing international sales and marketing with, with the likes at the time of people like Dixon's Group and Ingram Micro and, you know, all, all the big distributors and flying to Italy and flying to France and doing all the fancy life. Um so I stopped. I stopped doing all that, and I've, I've been a musician for many years. And I went um, back into education to learn to be a sound engineer, uh, with the intention of working in recording studios. And came out the other end as a as a, uh, a video editor and a director and a screenwriter as a primary thing. So, um, 
I did a kind of midlife where most people have a midlife crisis. I had a midlife shuffle into a completely different career and, and, and just, you know, um, it just sort of happened overnight almost. And was there, was there like a, was there a, a there was obviously a, um, a switch that was flicked, but what was the driver behind? Was there a number of different drivers that kind of made you go, well, no, do you know what? Enough's enough. Um, Oh, I had to do this without it getting all very introspective and and um, and all very new age, you know. But the truth of the matter is that I um, to to do put some ages on this. I mean, I I went into the computer industry. My first computer industry job, we sold Amstrad five twelves. So that kind of gives you an idea how long ago that is. That was the first home computer. Uh, BBC Bs and you know and all that sort of stuff and I learned to programming basic and things yeah. um, and you know we were talking about the eighties talking about the mid eighties and and it, that uh, you to being a young whippersnapper probably too young to remember young Mister Mather but um, I was it alive was, in the eighties yeah well Just okay about. okay um, <laughs> I love how you're smirking about that that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you know it was a very greed fueled time and it was a very um, um, I'm going to be all new age about this nothing it was, it was a very greedy time and it was a very money driven time it was a very success driven time I, I I've only just recently learned that yuppie was an acronym I didn't know that yeah young upwardly mobile oh, I can't remember what it was yeah. yes it was an acronym yeah yeah didn't um, know that. I I was one of those people. Mm. Um, I, I had one, you know, uh, very early mobile phones. I drove around in a big car. Uh, I used to fly to Milan for the weekend, you know, go on the Thursday, see a client, come back. But um, very uh, and, and very career-driven, very success-driven. Mm. Um, lived a, a, a life with people who were, um, in fairness, pretty unpleasant people, you know. Uh, and that was what I believed was right. And I was entirely wrong. And one morning, I just suddenly realised that. I just suddenly, I was driving down the motorway, and I just thought, "What the hell?" I was just coming up to the Oxford Services um, in a my great big uh, twin cam Mitsubishi Galant, desperately trying to keep it under the speed limit. Um, and uh, in second gear. In second gear, yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, and. As I was driving out, and I just pulled into the services, and I sat in the car park, and I thought, what am I doing? I push. I worked in the computer components industry, uh, microchips, uh, uh, sorry, uh, memory modules mainly, um, some stuff, microchips. And, and I just thought, my job is pushing rarefied sand around Europe. That's my whole existence. That's what my job does. And I just suddenly felt pointless. Um, you know, I just suddenly felt as if, I'd done nothing with my life and, and, mm. and you know, it's nothing mattered. And then I started to think about the way I treated people and the way I behaved, um, you know, and who I was as a person. And, you know, my boss at the time was, um, uh, in one of the jobs I had was probably one of the three most unpleasant people I've ever met, um, you know, and, and, and that was the ideal. And I just went, I just decided I'd had enough of it. So mm -hmm. I walked away, literally walked away. I mean, um, and, I, and when I say walked, I mean walked because I had to give the car back. Yeah, yeah, so I literally walked to the train station, no idea how to get back from there. Yeah. Um, and I was earning good money that I was spending every month without, you know, it being any use. I'd just blow it all on 
you know, it, maintaining the lifestyle. It was whatever it, was whatever it, it is. Yeah, there's always something to uh, yeah. to blow the money on, and there's yeah, yeah. something that's a more expensive version of the thing that you were blowing money on. When you get some more money, you can blow some more money on the more money thing. Totally, totally, and 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 you know, career-wise, you you I saw the great example of an ad that really resonated with me recently, and somebody said, I think it was Steve Bartlett actually said. The only problem with wanting to reach the top of a mountain is the only thing you see from the top of that mountain is the bigger mountain. Mm. You know, there's no sense of achievement anymore, and I, and I was very much like that. Um, so I I'm pleased. Him. I'm pleased that Stephen Bartlett's doing okay with his podcast after he spoke to me for some hints and tips about how to do a podcast. He seems yeah. to have settled down and sort of found his uh, found his niche, doesn't he? he? Seems to be doing all right. He does. You still occasionally yeah. see him write, you know, ask Stephen Maitherdent on something see, when it goes uh, badly. You know, yeah. I, I, do you know we were saying earlier? Sometimes you just need to spend some time with people, don't you? And he's one of them. He's a little bit of a. Yeah, kind of a drain to be honest. Keeps keeps getting in touch. Is he? Yeah, you know. He, you know he, but, he, I, but I'm he not means letting well. him any more money. He means well. I'm tired of him borrowing money off me, frankly. <laughs> so is that what it is? Is that what it is? Um, Kevin, you 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 mentioned a couple of times. You sort of the words that you you said is like without getting too sort of deep or spiritual or something along yeah. those lines into it. So was there um, to to get to that point of going? Do you know what? I'm I've, I've changed. Were you doing reading at the time? Were you kind of you know looking at different philosophies of life or anything like that that was going on sort of behind the scenes? I I'm uh, okay. It. Uh the spirituality and, and and so on is a subject i generally kind of try and avoid to be honest even because it, it's, and then, um, it's a, and then i speak to you yes yes yeah but but you're an example of 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 the reason um why you don't no, I, I, was, I was trying to think I, that sentence got away from me then i was trying to say it's the opposite <laughs> of the reason i admit you know I'm, I'm quite happy to talk to you about it or, uh, um and there's a couple of people who i i you know quite happily even though we have very different views on this you know i don't I think there is a, a, a you you have a mutual respect that that a lot of people don't when they when they're particularly um, fixed on a on a path in life. But in answer to your question, no, not really. I mean, it wasn't. A, I mean, I guess you know, there's there's a thing. Um, I remember when I <laughs> got a birthday present once from a friend of mine, Kimmy Kim Harris, a lovely lovely girl, and and she made me um, a kind of wallet, and on the front was stitched the words "corporate hippie." Um, and I think I've always, I, I just reached a point in my life where the life I was living and what I was doing grated against who I was. Does that make sense? You know, mm. do, you, do, do, do you see what I'm saying? It's like, um, you, you kind of, um, and, and people do this. I, and I think I, I, I did this at, at, uh, at points in my life as well. You, you play the role that 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 society expects from that person in that role yeah and um and and so you know you're there kind of going well here i am in a high-tech industry selling computer chips i like if i didn't do it like this then people would go well he's a, that's a bit strange it's out of character yes and and, yeah. and so you put on the hat play the role and say hey look i'm a i'm a cool trendy you know chip guy yeah let's go milan you know have a cup of choo choo and everything like that and um and and you yeah there's 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 then a dichotomy between actually who you are in real life and who mm. your role is mm. and you know you can't keep that uh charade up it, and it and it was funny i wrote um this is where it's getting really pretentious now you're ready for this you can sit back and like you, you might need to you know prepare yourself for how pretentious i'm about to be Go for it. at the time um i've been a musician for many many years 
And uh, I'd use musician, the word musician there quite incorrectly, but um, I, I have pretended to be a musician for many years. What I've done is surrounded myself with good musicians for many years. And um, I, we, were, we were doing, the, we were putting the music together for a second album uh, with the band I was in at the time. And I'd written a song um, called Ahab. And I, I looked at one of the verses on it afterwards and realized I was talking about myself. Right. You know, that I was talking about my life. And it said, uh, and the, the lyrics were walking all around in a clean swept town with his shoes all polished and he'd collar clip down, you know, um, and, it, and, and the rest. And, and, and it was all about the futility of that kind of life, you know. Um, and, but, but ironically, I mean, give me a show. Um, and, and, and speaking of music, I guess if you, you know, John Lennon's um, Watching the Wheels is, is on a very similar thing where they, um, you know, when he retired from music, where people said, don't you miss the big time now, you're no longer on the ball, is one of the lyrics in there, you know. And it was people saying, but, but, but you're successful. But I wasn't successful. Mm. You know, I was, I was making money and driving around in a fancy car and flying to Milan. I wasn't successful. You know, not not by any definition that I thought was meaningful. In 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 your own mind, you kind of well, I'm 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 not successful because you're looking at someone else and going, "What well, they are successful?" Is that is that what? Um, no, I think I think I was I would very happily tell people at that time, um, gleefully tell people how successful I was. Right. And in fact, I'll give you an idea. One one of the great regrets of my life, and I've been trying to find the guy ever since to apologise, was a very old friend of mine. Um, probably not anymore, but, but from, from, uh, from school, who was, you know, one of my very few close friends managed to get in touch with me and, and sort of contact him with his pre-internet days, actually. And, uh, I arranged to meet him and I have to be honest, um, when I met him, I was, uh, because of the life I was living, I think maybe this was one of the catalysts, but basically I was just an arrogant, um, I was going to swear then, but I decided not to, they're going to this show something. Um, and to the points where uh, I saw uh, somebody I knew, we met in a pub and I saw somebody new down the other end of the pub in Oxford. Uh, and I went and talked to them when I came back to the table, he'd left. I'd been so rude and unpleasant to him. Really? And that was who I was at that time, you know? Mm. And I would, I would hope that, that nobody would recognise that person as the person I am now. Yeah. So was I successful? Did I make some money? Yes, I was making a lot of money, I suppose, by modern standards. I would have probably been on, I don't know, 70, 80 grand a year. Um had a big car. I used to do half million pound deals at a four hundred million dollar budget, four hundred thousand dollar budgets, and that sort of stuff. None of it meant uh, anything more than something to be um, arrogant about. Yeah, you know that's not successful. That's just earning stuff. That's just getting things. Uh-huh. Things aren't success. Sure. So, um, well, fir- first things first. We can apologise to that guy. We're, we're we're not proud enough to. Uh, yeah. We can apologise. We're sorry. And Kevin, you need to hear this. He forgives you. It's okay. We can move past. We can move. You past. think? Because I tried to get a hold yeah. of him about four times since, and he hasn't responded. So I'm not no, sure he's he's already he's told <laughs> me he's he? forgiven you okay. already. So, All right. Well, yeah, next time you see Tickle, tell him I'm telling him I apologise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so when when was that? What what kind of day did you? When was that that you? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. Um, so ninety nine happens. And that happens, and then, um, and then, yeah, obviously, you, you're sort of your 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 life changes in terms of what you're doing on a day to day basis, and it sounds like that had a reasonably profound effect on your outlook on life as well. 
Yeah, it did. And and um, I mean, I went from, uh, you know, basically a, a job that, where, that was purely about money. It was purely about shipping product. It was purely about getting stuff around the country. Um, you know, I remember putting people on, people in the in the business jumping on planes to Switzerland with thousands of thousands of pounds worth of, of computer modules under their coat and things like that. You know, this that that was what we did and it was kind of exciting and fun at the time. Mm. But once you realise that a that a crappy office in Slough is pretty much the same as a crappy office in Milan, it it loses its sparkle. You know, it's really not a good life. It's not a fun life. And um so what I did was I like I said I went to be a, a, an engineer and I trained at the North Oxford School of Art as was at the time to be a, a, a for sound and then um, about halfway through um, for somebody who I'm still in touch with I had a, a, a I was very I think I was very fortunate in that when I went back into education um, I met isn't it this is this what this show is supposed to be about Stephen who supposed the show's to be about, about you and learning this? learning about you and what what success is and so the story okay. is really important yeah um, so I went back and I met some wonderful people. Kimmy, that I mentioned earlier, was was there, and um, uh, and, and, a, and a very very uh, brilliant artist called John Thole, who now is an artist, who paints for a living. In he was in China. Lost, I heard of him. Um, but I also met a guy who was one of the lecturers, um, Doctor Taylor, Doctor Alan Taylor, who um, was a was was a lecturer in film, um, and was hugely inspirational. Um, to me and to several other people, um, possibly hugely terrifying to everybody else who didn't quite, you know. But he um, he opened up a world for me that, that I, I had never even thought, first of all, thought that I was capable intellectually of doing, you know. I think up until that point, I always thought of myself as, as kind of, um, stupid is not the right word, but certainly... Um, uh, uh, um, uneducated, you know. I left school with no qualifications whatsoever. I, I didn't get any qualifications at school. Right. Um, and but that's that's kind of a, a product of where I grew up. I mean, people poured out of school and went into the factories. Yeah, you know, they, the school system does that. Yeah, the school system it, can yeah. do that in certain areas, and it makes kids think that they're not clever. In actual fact, they're just they're just different ways. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and to be honest, my own my own family was very down on education and very thing. I used to be uh, <laughs> I used to read a lot as a kid. And uh there was a, there was I don't even remember it used to be I don't because I mean I know you grew up um just living in the outskirts of Buckingham there. Spoon, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you probably don't yeah. know about this, but but in uh, in the more working class areas, you know, the the people that normally come in and polish the silver for you, that sort of stuff. But we have homes. <laughs> I think I've seen the, the the staff talk about those people sometimes. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but basically, what it was, we I, I grew up in Oldham, um, and then we moved to a place called Oldenshaw, and and I used to walk to school, and uh, at about nine year old, I guess, and on the way was a shop in an old terraced house where the guy had converted the front of the shop into a bookshop, a second hand bookshop, and um, I. Uh, you know, I, I, one day, I don't know why, I went in and bought something from the window um, that, that was in the window there, and it was um, a science fiction novel of some variety or other. Um, and I read it and took it back, and they had an exchange, they'd give you 10 pence back, and it was 15 pence for the next one. I don't know. And I went back a couple of days later and put it in, and after about sort of the fifth or sixth visit, the, the guy's wife came out of the back 
and looked at me, and you can remember this is in the notice, and she went, if that's not going to bugger off, I'll make there some tea. And went back in and came back out, you know, with a <laughs> with some biscuits and a sandwich for me. Um, and I and it became a second home. You know, I would go on the way to school. I'd go and stop there for an hour and read yeah. books yeah. that I couldn't afford to buy. You know, I'd read them there, mm. and, and they encouraged that. But it was treated so oddly that that um, and my and then I got into kind of comic books and graphic novels and all that sort of stuff and Lord of the Rings and the, and, and and various other things. You know. Um, but nobody in my family really did that kind of, of, of reading. You know, it wasn't that kind of thing. And they used to, uh, I used to hide under the stairs to read uh, as a younger, before the bookshop incident. After that, I was kind of out of uh, quite an unusual childhood um, uh, and, and as a very lonely child, actually, in many ways. But um, And they would shout, werewolves will get you. And I was terrified of werewolves getting me because I was reading, you know. And, and that environment doesn't, it's not conducive to a good education. Sure. That. Yeah, yeah. But so, um, you know, I, I did leave school with nothing. And then when I went back into education, sorry, going back where we were there with Alan Taylor, Dr. Taylor, he would, he had this way of doing, uh, of giving you the things. So we, for instance, semiotics fascinated me, the way language works fascinates me. And he would go, yeah, uh, I see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. What does it mean? And you'd go, oh, I thought I'd got this. What does it mean? What does it mean? And I'd go scuttling off, you know, to find out what it meant. Um, and then he left in the second year from a, from a long search for another thing. But that's a great story. I'll tell you that one day, Steve. You'll love that story. But but he left um, in my second year of being there. And when I came back after the summer, there was an, a, a, a postcard in my post in, in my little pigeonhole. And it was from him. And it just said on it, um, teaching needs you. Go and see, and it was a woman called Stella who ran the teacher training program. Teaching needs you. Go and see Stella, and that's all he said. That's all he left. You know, just yeah. this one thing, um, which I did, and I did, and I then taught for twenty years, roughly. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. So there you go. That was a completely irrelevant sidetrack. <laughs> and, and and meanwhile, all I can think of is a brilliant business idea where it's like that bookshop but instead of selling books you have like a you know a big sort of warehouse full of books where people can go in and and sort of get a book take it away yeah. for a week or two read it and then take it back and there's absolutely no charge unless you're late and yeah then, it's never catching and then up. charge them and that and you make the money on the charges that no, late, no. late fees that's where you make the money Don't never gonna work it, but no so. no no never work you need it to be town center you'd have to get kids in Never work. I, just, I don't know. Just, just, just an idea. Um, but so, so reading. Obviously, reading is uh, reading was a really important thing. I, I, I was the same as a as a kid. That was kind of you know it was a bit unusual. Um, I used to read. My 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 kids take the mick out of me now. My daughter does. I used to read like encyclopedias. Yeah, I've read dictionaries when I was a kid because I was fascinated with learning some new different words. Yeah, that's not that's not normal. That's not what normal people do. I I, I tend to agree, yeah. <laughs> but it kind of comes away, and you and you you your mind's mind's expanded, isn't it? And that's the whole point. Kind of you yeah. know learning something new and uh, and expanding your your mind. Um, so let's skip forward twenty years. You've okay. done your uh, your teaching, and then you think, do you know what? Actually, I I, I want to start a business or want to kind of get back into it what was that um it, it wasn't it wasn't quite that, like that i did a master's degree in um 2005 I, I, in television writing actually and um then went teaching at the at a university and 
there was a very big shake-up in education um, that I, without getting too political, think was probably one of the worst things that's ever happened to this country in terms of open mobility and access for all um, when we stopped making education about education and start making it about how much money the institution could make out of the education yeah um, but we'll, we'll, we'll skirt let's let's skirt around that before I rant um, and um, there was a very big shake up within education and, and uh, uh, there was a kind of period where through redundancy teams were streamlined um uh and i don't know how long does a non-disclosure clause last on average and you're a lawyer however long it says in the clause oh in that case it was all very amicable um, no, but there was there, there were a lot of redundancies in the thing, and I, and I was kind of offered a route that I didn't think was suitable for me uh, or redundancy. If, if I wanted to take the redundancy, so I took the redundancy. Yeah. So we went into business at that point. Um, you know, primarily my life up to that point had been about video production, and uh, um, as well as the academics on my academic side was was television. My particular um, area was narratologies of uh, British science fiction. Would you believe was my particular area? Um, I'm published on that very subject. Believe it or not, somebody thought that was worth putting in a book. Um, so, uh, what's better? What's what's probably even better is that you've been a book. You've been a footnote in someone else's essay or I, or, or um, dissertation. Yeah, yeah, I do. But it did give me. Uh, I've been published two or three times on, on on kind of things. Once on television show heroes and the relationship of the characters with time. This is the uh, this is the arrogant bit coming out now, isn't it? I've been, yeah, I've, yeah. Been, I've been published a few I've times. Two or three just... times. Yeah, yeah. So, you know it is coming back. You know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty pages appear published and yeah, 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 yeah. Very well received, actually, in academic communities. Um, so, um, but I did get an absolute pleasure because because of one of the bits of publication when I was when I was a, uh, a lecturer, I got to meet a hero of mine. I, and um, if only through interview process, you know. But I did get to meet a hero of mine, which is um, uh, Peter Hammond, who wrote a show called Sapphire and Steel um, in the eighties, which terrified me <laughs> as as a as a teenager. Mm. Um, still does in the right mm. circumstances, you know. But so um, yeah, so I did that. But that was twenty thirteen. I got made redundant by pure chance. My uh, my wife. Um, was in a in a in a kind of a flux thing as well. You know, she was she was she was looking at it. We talked about um, her opening an events company. Her background, uh, Christina's background. I don't know if she would like me to tell you this or not. She's a very successful digital marketing person these days. Um, sits on trains, going, "Yeah, yeah, I'll see you." Later. Um, but um, she uh, was she's my uh, next guest, by the way. So. Is, she, is she? No, no, she's not. But she's she needs Good. to come on. I've, I've had uh, a bit of a pause in recruiting people, but she's she's coming on at some point. Oh dear God! Um, good luck with that. That's all I can say. Um, so uh, no, she's she's a fascinating and terrifying person. The uh, uh, but 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 she was she was kind of a a bit of a pivot point and I think quite she maybe I admit now she's quite low in her life in you know in what where she was going and what she was doing and obviously it was from my point of view quite a low point to be leaving education because I loved it I, was, I really mm. did and I know it's a cliche but I loved it because I now still get I'm still contacted by students who remember 
things that we did, you know, that, that have helped them, that, that did late life. And it, and it sounds such a cliche. And I know I do try and cultivate the grumpy northerner thing as a, as a part of personal brand, but it, but the, but you know what? I, I genuinely look at it. If there's anything I'm proud of, I helped people. Yeah. You know, I did. And it's, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, well, shut up, you like pretentious sob. But, 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 but we did. And that's what we hmm. did. We helped kids. You know, we helped kids that had failed in school get into universities. And we, we, yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah. So, um, so we talked about her opening an events company and me dropping my contract down to a, maybe a, a you know, point for and, and doing the video for the, the events company. Um, and then I got made redundant. She started working at Green Umbrella, which she later bought. Um, so I ended up with the company that was almost accidental, you know. Right. And initially we opened, uh, we had a recording studio and a video production studio. Uh, and then had, like a lot of businesses do, we, we did all right for a year. Uh, in the first year, you know, you get past your first year, that's that's seventy percent of businesses or something mm. fold in the first year. So we we scraped through the first year like most businesses do. Uh, got to the second year, uh, things were picking up really well, uh, and then we had a huge issue with premises, massive issue with premises that that really got to um, a legal kind of threatening stage uh, and again i'm not going to go down that route because it just to this day f- f- makes me furious that um people were so um bloody minded and stupid at the time you know but but anyway um so we ended up closing the studio and at that point i what had happened was because we had a number of repeat customers that the, the people began to to get a bit of background from me and then started to say things like, oh, well, can I have a word with a graphic artist, could you, on this project? Because he's not quite doing what I want and you've yeah. done marketing projects in the past. And could you? Yeah. So it sort of built up where we were doing more and more copywriting and more and more um, messaging, really, you know. And what I've what I found was that if you incorporate the storytelling skills of, of, a, of a screenwriter, um with the, the the kind of sales and marketing background that I had you and and also the knowledge of the semiotics and the way that people understand things and and uh, what people sometimes don't realize um is that um sorry to drop a pen what people sometimes don't realize is that studying things like film and television and communication uh actually includes obliquely or directly rather a lot of psychology in the way that uh, uh, people are motivated and how they understand because if you want to tell somebody a good story you you know stories are not about bricks and mortar and events they're about yeah. humans and emotions and how we behave mm. um so a great deal of human behavior and, and, and what i found was that that i had a bit of a revelation where i suddenly realized that people were coming to me for skills that i wasn't selling you know, they were by default were coming to me to message properly to, yeah. um, to to understand their clients better, to understand how they could speak to their clients better, how they could reach their clients better, um, regardless of what media that was. So, we started to do more and more in the marketing and um, a, 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 a media asset type. You know, the content the type content of thing. Side, yeah, yeah. The only thing we don't we didn't really get into was social media for um, obvious reasons because that's my wife's area. Stealing your, your partner's business, by the way. That that presumably is a, is a pretty much a no go area. It makes Christmas dinner difficult. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, I've picked up a new client, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know them. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't do social, partly because uh, I'm not, and, and partly because um, it. I, I genuinely think social media is a very, very specialist area. Sure. Uh, it, and it and it requires a great deal of thing, and and unfortunately, it is an area with a lot of charlatans in, and a lot of people who yeah. really think it's easy, and, and they can mm. do it. And it's it's actually a very very difficult, very specialised job. So, um, so yeah, so we got to that, and then uh, that was with Thirteen Media, which is the is still alive. You know that brand is still going, and um, along came COVID, uh, and you know when you're a video production company, COVID made life really very hard. Yeah, because I mean, there's, there's decent zoom lenses, but <laughs> it, yeah, it does absolutely. make it hard if you're not in the same room. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, and you know, it 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 was clear that it was going to be uh, impossible to carry on. Yeah. We were a small, limited company, so of course the help um, was very limited compared to uh, if you were self-employed at the time or whatever. There's very, you know, you can have a little bounce back long, yeah. um, but it it it, it was. It wasn't the end for that that side of things because it's now obviously you know starting to come back, but it, it uh, um, or it would if I was prepared to focus on it, which I'm not. But the the it wasn't the end of that, but it did make me look at it, and I did some maths and suddenly realised that in actual fact, seventy percent of the business was copywriting anyway. Right. So we became your copywriter. We didn't. We kept the old brand in the hope that you know when COVID finished, we would we would resurrect it. We at the time, like everybody, thinking, oh, well, give it two or three months. Mm. In the meantime, seems, you know, reasonable to take a look at this. And then COVID went on and on and on and the social distancing. And it just, you know, it was so difficult to shoot. Uh, so we launched your copywriter as a separate thing. And and, and um, what I began to realize very quickly is that all those skills, those storytelling skills, the script writing skills, the marketing, um, you know, that understanding of how people behave and, 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 and how they, they are, uh, uh, you know, what motivates them and all that sort of stuff, actually... I could pull that together very, very well. Yeah. Uh, in this, in this product, and I can genuinely give people a product that they need. You know. Mm. So, um, so we know what uh, what wasn't success to you back in uh, sort of uh, sort of nineties. Looking at uh, at that yeah. kind of you know the arrogantness and the money side of things, and we know what you deem to be. You know that that for you wasn't the the definition of success. So what what is? Have you work, kind of worked that out now? Um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I suppose if I was, I certainly it isn't defined by um, huge amounts of wealth. I don't, I don't I don't think success is is you know is defined by wealth not if that wealth requires that it is all you do you know there's a point i think there's a point where um uh, uh you, you know the acquisition of money the acquisition of wealth the acquisition of goods and things so it becomes about power not about money you know not about being comfortable um power how do you mean power I remember somebody telling me a story about. Um, I feel actually, I, I've got a. I, I may. It's funny, it may have been Stephen Church that told me this story about about super yachts, you know, and the reason for having them, um, and and you know, one 
reason why people buy these super yachts and become incredibly wealthy is so they can trap people around in a single place for a period of time to dominate them, to be, you know, to just show how wealthy they are. Right. Um, I, I think it's, it's, um, I, I have a, an aversion to the idea that human beings, that people are secondary to wealth. Um, and I, I find it rather um, difficult to deal with. I, I, you know, people who can't go on holiday without still working in the business every day, you know, people who, and, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw this back at you in a minute because I know you're an example of somebody who doesn't do this that I'm talking about right now because um, I follow you avidly on social media. And I overshare avidly. And you overshare media. dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it's. I think there is a, um, a thing there where if you can't be... Okay, so a little bit spiritually. And I know I know you, you and I are, are, are not polar opposites, but we have very different views on, on what you know what life is about. And I, and, I, and I respect yours and hope you respect mine. But but I am um, very much practicing Stoic. And, and one of the basic principles of Stoicism is accepting that, you know, I'm a fatty. Whatever happens is, is going to happen to you. And you have a choice. You can react to that badly or you can react to that positively. And I think wealth... Um, only gives you the opportunity to understand that it could go away. You know, it, it, it's um, it's like being healthy and, and you know, I'm very lucky. We're both very lucky. We live in a Western world where, we, where we're kept healthy. We have lovely doctors who look after us whenever we need them um, for as long as the NHL service survives. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I think if, if you don't recognise how lucky you are with that, then you can't be wealthy. Because you're not, you can't be wealthy. If wealth doesn't make you happy, it's not wealth. It's it's money. It's things. It's it's you know. So I I saw a quote uh, recently, and I forget exactly what it was, but it um, it said, "Being rich is about having money. Being wealthy is about having other things, such yes. as time." Yeah. Um, and uh, and and that's that that's the kind of thing I don't particularly like the, the either of them really because if your if your um, definition of success is related to money or, or wealth or whatever then uh, that still for me doesn't feel quite right and and, and I'm, I'm getting the sort of the uncomfortable juxtaposition for you which is like hey look you need money Zig Zaglar says mm -hmm. money you know it's not the it's not the most important thing in the world but it's as close to oxygen as the must on the must have scale yep and um you know so so you do people do need that but if that's your scale for judging success then it seems to be off in my yeah opinion. And, and I don't have any, um, yeah, totally. And I don't think I, I don't think there's any uh, uh, doubt about the need uh, for wealth. And I think right now, we, it, you know, for many people, it's probably the first time they've ever been in a position where they're looking down the barrel of a, of a recession and, you know, f fuel prices and all that sort of stuff. And the mm. first time people may be looking at this and going, hang on, I may not actually have enough wealth. I may not be comfortable, you know. Um, but there is a, I, do you know, that the, the Things that happen. Okay, so to, to happiness is wealth. All right, yeah. Okay, of course it is. To be happy is important, and to be happy is it. Bhutan that measures its national, um, uh, its national success by by how happy its people are. You know, um, so happiness is important, and I, and I think you can be happy. And we mentioned Steve Bartlett earlier, actually. He said very uh, something very good about this. That um, he said when he sold his business for two hundred million floated on the stock exchange to a million. Yeah. He felt nothing from it. Mm. 
Mm. And then he re- he tells a story about how when he was uh, when he dropped out of university and 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 various other things, and he was living on the bread, you know, literally squatting in a house in in Moss Side in Manchester. Which, if you've ever been to Moss Side, it's a remarkably dangerous thing to do. Um, and he went to a local pizza place with no money, and he realised that they hadn't cleaned down the back of the seats. You know, and he tells this story about finding this money and how happy he was to find all this spare change, and that made him happier than selling a a business for 200 million you know and then suddenly he was happy because he realized that the the looking down is more important than looking up sometimes so you know looking at where you've come from and what you don't you know what you have rather than what you need it 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 makes you happy um and i'm sure don't don't you cross scripture at me right now because i can see it going through your head that you're going to um but it's you know i mean and that is you you know this this be happy be contented with what you have there's nothing wrong with wanting more there's nothing wrong with wanting extra but if that's your whole life is to want the next thing uh you know like i said earlier to get the top of the mountain only to 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 see another mountain that needs climbing it is just it's incredible it just seems to me incredible poverty um, Mm. to do that because all you have is numbers in a bank. And I know people who have very large bank accounts and no life and think, well, what did you use it for? What was it for? You know, um, and they say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's a legacy for the kids. And you think you haven't seen your kids for two weeks, you know? And I just, I, I, I think sometimes people are like sort of cash rich and, and, um, uh, and life poor, I guess. So, so what would you, um, or what do you, or what would you do with your time? then you know you obviously sort of get to that point go you know what actually making all this money is not something that uh that that i i want to do or need to do yeah Uh, and instead i'm you know these things these are the things that make me happy what what is that what what does it well you know i have um uh, um a son out in thailand that i haven't seen for a while because of covid Uh, i would love to go across and spend some time over there you know and, and and spend time with him um He's he's hilarious and, and and wonderful, you know. And I haven't seen him for a long time. Uh, we keep in touch on 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 Messenger and things, you know, on, on Facebook Messenger and stuff. Um, I I have two grandkids, and you know, if, if I'm being honest, would I rather be talking to you or spending time with Andrew Monster and Lala Baby? No, you know, you'd lose every time, mate. I'm sorry, you're a lovely chap, but you're not as much fun as Andrew Monster is. Um, you know, I've got Bella, my daughter, uh, is, she now works, she started college this year doing um, film and television production. Mm. That apple didn't fall particularly far, in fairness. Um, and she works for me now, you know, when, when I've got work for her and, and at least sort of a day a week, she sits in here, she's got her own desk. And to have her around me is wealth, you know, to have... Mm. Um, Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Parental pride aside, she, Bella yeah. is a wonderful person. I don't know if you've ever mm. met her, but she's an amazing individual. And... But but she's a she's a classic example of I think the tide turning against the um, the wealth porn peddlers on LinkedIn. You know they buy my scheme, you'll get rich yeah. in ten days. She you know she so her Six philosophy figure months, seven figure months. That's what we're that's everyone surely. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Or alternatively, you could just get in the sea, mate. Uh, because okay. y- y- you know, and it's and I give you give you a couple of examples of this. Can I can I ramp for a minute? Am I allowed to ramp? You may, oh, yes. That, so far, I haven't ranted at all. Um, <laughs> it's, is, is that just like natural uh, Cacadian rhythm for you, which is it's 50 minutes in, I haven't ranted yet. Like, I've got to do a rant an hour at least. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I, and I'm not, I'm not denying that. 
I'm, I'm, I'm weirdly proud of the fact that I'm known for being a grumpy northerner. Um, the, uh, I, I had a couple of incidents, really, a couple of things. One that I thought was um, really, and I did pick up on this, that, uh, and I posted about it on LinkedIn, a guy who put up that there was no such thing as white privilege because um, uh, anybody who, who felt they were being um, uh, subject to any prejudice was just making excuses for not succeeding. Right, and I and I lost it. I, yeah. I really lost it. As you know, uh, the the parent of uh, a girl um, trying to you know get by in 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 a male dominated world, in a world where we clearly have still have a, a massive gender gap, and where we still have a massive problem with um, uh, uh, minorities, and and having grown up in a in a mixed race um, background, my auntie was Indian, uh, who who was very much a mother to me, and and that sort of thing. Bloody is such a thing as white privilege, you know. Don't give me that crap. And and I, I, t- I took him to task on it, and yeah. then kind of put on put a thing on LinkedIn, and I really wish I hadn't because that's not very stoic of me, you know. He's supposed to let these things go, and and I was really gratified that person after person came back and said, no, if you don't stand up to these people, it allows it, you know. That's but he was one of those, bit, yeah. But I think one of the worst things I've seen talking about this idea, this this pressure that he's put on people to do these hundred figure months and hundred figures, hundred, you know what I mean? This hundred grand months and all this, you're not, if you're not, you know, if you're not hustling, you're not living that kind mm. of thing. I just, it's incredible. But the worst one I've seen recently was from, from somebody who said, um, as you grow in wealth, it's really important to no longer mix with people who uh, are below you on the wealth level. Um, because basically they, the gist of it was basically all they'll want to do then is either be jealous or want money from you. So only mix with people with your wealth or higher. Wow. And I was like, I, I genuinely, and I, I left that one because I thought I cannot even begin to imagine what that mm. person is like, you know? Yes. Well, he's a mentor to, to many, many people. Yeah. Uh, you know. So yeah. I, 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 and, that, I, and that's a real, you know, it's, um, that's a true, the true mark of uh, a, a real human person, isn't it? A real human being would uh, happily spend time with uh, the, the lowest of the low yeah, as much as the highest of the high. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, but the thing here is, you know, if you, if you are, if you have success um, in whatever thing, whether, that, whether you count that success as being a skill set, I think, is success quite often as well. I'm, 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 am afraid I'm old-fashioned enough to believe that knowledge is worth its, uh, its own endeavour. You know, it, it, it's worth acquiring for the sake of it. And if you have that knowledge and you do not pass that on to people who need it, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think you're successful. Sure. I think, I think success and people who pull the ladder up behind them when they are successful just bother me because mm. what you're scared of, you know. Yeah. And, but they, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this around on you now because I know for a fact that you very, very, very carefully arrange your life so that your um, part of your, obviously your measure of success is spending time with the family and spending time with the people that you care about. So, um, you know, I think we're probably singing from the same hymn sheet here, although I am jealous of your food, by the way. (laughs) As I am jealous of your your gastronomic adventures. Um, Absolutely, absolutely. I... I, um... I saw. I, po- I did post this, and I don't know. You know what things on the internet uh, are like. I'm going to show it up to the camera. Hopefully, it will. Uh, it will be able to pick that up 
here. I can't read it now. I've put it to the camera. So I'm going to read it back. But okay. uh, So as attributed to Chris Rock, it says, when I hear people talk about juggling or the sacrifices they make for their children, I look at, like, I look at them like they're crazy because sacrifice infers that there's something better to do than being with your kids. And 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 that for me is it. I've I've told this story a few times now on on these podcasts. But one of the the big drivers for me was having a uh, around about a fifty year old woman leaving a job as a director of a retail business um, that sacks women of a certain age. Uh, and um, and I said, what what are you going to do next? And most people, when they're about that kind of age and about that kind of level, they go, well, I've already got something else lined up, you know, because they're networked and they know who they're. Yeah, I've already got something lined up. And this this woman turned around and said, you know, I'm going to spend some time with my kids because I yeah. don't really know them. And I can't remember the exact ages, but like, you know, they're 12 and 9 or something along those lines. And, uh, and I'm going to, you know, just take some time off and spend some time with the kids. And that was like real. My, my daughter was, you know, relatively young at that age, maybe three or four or something like that. And, um, and, and it really kind of hit it. And, and I've, and I've seen, and I've known lots of people that get to their sort of usually around about late fifties, sometimes early sixties, where the kids have kind of gone off to, you know, university type age, you know, college university type age. And then it's like, well, you're really lucky if you get to see your kids. Yeah, they might pop round on a on a weekend. Yeah. You know, might might pop by for an hour just for a bit of a you know a cup of tea or something like that. And yeah. and and then they get their own life. So you don't get very long with them. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, I I absolutely make a point of uh, of making sure that within my diary, I've, I'm building in time to go and do the school run or you know to spend time with them or whatever it is, and. Um, I so I, I I built into my business KPIs as as business would do you know this is these are the things, but I think it's really important that businesses build in personal KPIs as well. Yeah. You know, what is it that because what, what are you running your business for? Like if you, if you're there, sure you get some people that go, hey, I want to you know I want to do you know a hundred thousand pounds you know this year profit or I want to do seven figure whatever it is, and if that's your aim, that's your aim, great, right? But actually, if you're in business to uh, to look after your family and uh, and do this, then probably spending some time with them is a good idea. Um, and so you don't, uh, you know, you don't need to kind of then just work all the hours and go. Well, I'm I'm here. I've got to work because I, you know, this is my why. This is what people say winds me up. My why is my kids. Yeah, mm. the the reason why I get up at you know six o'clock every day and work ten hours a day is because of my kids. And it's like, well, mm, I don't buy that because if your kids were genuinely the most important thing in life, then you'd be spending the time with them. You wouldn't be spending the time with a client with the money and doing and chasing chasing this, that, and the other. So yeah, I I think it's it's fundamental. But I I finished. I, I set a rule. I mean, you talk about KPIs. One of mine was that when um, uh, you can't always stick these things, but you do your best. I always said that, that sure. at five o'clock, I'm done. Yep. You know, I'm finished, and then. Um, Bella, one of the reasons that she now works here is, and um, you know, and is doing, uh, she's taking a qualification that, to be honest, she's probably done the first year already just from hanging around. But she's been a studio brat since she was eight years old. You know, she's mm. come to the studio. She 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 was with me mm. in the studio, um, and I'd pick her up from school, and I had work to do. She'd come back with me, and she'd be part of my world. You know, we uh, built her in. We've never, um, and Christine's actually very good at this. Well, we've never, for instance, separated meal times for kids and us. We, you know, they've always eaten yeah. the same way we do. They've eaten the same food we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, they've never treated them separately. And I think, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I don't get what people mean when they say that. When they say, oh well, you know, 
And Chris Rock's right, you know, sacrifice to your kids. Did you? Did you really? Did you? you probably shouldn't have had yeah. them in the first place. If there was two, two sacrifices, turning down that job that's going to pay you a couple of hundred quid. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you're spending some time with the kids. Yeah, but, you know, actually, my diary says today I've got I'm, 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 you know, picking the kids up from school and then I'm going to spend some time with them. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a family meal. And, and, and what I do, and this is genuine, I have a figure it's in my head. It's not uh, not no, not a published rate, um, but I have a figure that unless someone is going to come along and say, well, I'll pay you this much money. Yeah. yeah then I'm going to spend time with the kids. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. I'll tell you what it is. It goes out in the podcast. If someone comes along and says, "I'll pay you a thousand pounds an hour," yeah, yeah, then I'll take that work and we'll do yeah. the kid stuff some other time. Otherwise, do you know what? I'm going to spend some time with the kids. Kevin, don't, don't, don't take this the wrong way. I don't make a thousand pound an hour, right? So it's yeah. not. That's not. That's that's a lot. Uh, a lot of money, right? You knew where, where, where I was going with that. Yeah, exactly. You knew exactly. what was going to happen. Like, what, Stephen, why would you charge an extra £50 an hour? Absolutely. Why would you just, cut your rates? Just yeah, to avoid exactly. the kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so for me, it's like, you know, if someone comes along and says, well, I've got this job here and it's and it's urgent and I need it doing and I'm going to pay for it, then that's a sacrifice. I go, okay, well, I'm going to sacrifice the time with the kids, but do you know what? Actually, this is a, this is a really good way of, of making some money here right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but importantly, if they turn around and said, "Hey, look, it's a thousand pound an hour, and I need you for sixty hours a week, and you're not going to see your kids," I'd probably turn that down. We all balance. We all balance mm. things out. You know, given the choice, I, 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 if I had the choice to spend every day of my um, every hour of my day sitting watching television science fiction from the nineteen eighties with Bella. Um, I would choose that. And I suspect she would as well, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you yeah. know, uh, of course I would, but that's not practical. Yeah. You know, it's not and it practical doesn't pay the to bills. sit watching. And it doesn't yeah. pay the bills, yeah. You've yeah. still got to get through life. I mean, yeah. and but the thing is, it, this again is 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 part of this um, stoicism thing. And, and, and I guess part of, you know, your, 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 your own faith kind of props you up in the same way is that life will do things at you. You know, we all know, and, 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 and as successful as you are, and as, as, as um, you know, the, the, the your hourly rate of fifteen hundred pound, whatever it is these days, um, uh, it is. We, we all know that could stop tomorrow. Hmm. We just don't admit it very often. And I think yeah, yeah. one of the things that I learned back in, uh, back at the turn of the century, when I when I did change my life entirely, was I suddenly recognised that. I suddenly realised that everything I was doing was very ephemeral. Um, and didn't really matter. And now, you know, and again, sorry, I can't be pushing stoicism. I'm sure Stephen Judge was doing the same thing. But, um, it, but you know, that it, phrase, memento mori, memento varum, is, you know, remember you're going to die, so remember you to live. Hmm. Um, and, and the basic principle I think I adopt is if you are wealthy and you are, sorry, if you are successful, um, you should be able to say that every hour you spent if that was your last hour, you would be happy to have spent it. Okay. So if if this was the last hour, if somebody said to me, the last hour you had in life was talking to that really nice guy, Stephen. But look, there's no point in having regrets, though, is there? Let's yeah. Be I'd be like, well, we all make them. But um, but do you know what I mean? This was this was this was a nice way to spend an hour. It's a nice way to to meet someone and have a chat. This is a great way to do it. And I think I think that is my measure of success. If you can look back at every bit of the life that you spend and go, that hour was was valid. 
it ticked a box you know it said i did i did something okay there um and there's does various that, other th- does that um allow you downtime though yeah of course it does so you can st- you could still do nothing and you know watch some junk tv and you'd still go do you know what actually that was worth that was worthwhile doing in, in my world, watching junk TV is more than worthwhile doing it. That's, that's like, actually, that comes second down the That road. is, like, I, I love television. I, I happily let it raise the kids, if I'm being honest. Mm. It, it was a great nanny. Um, but, but yes, of course, there's there's an absolute value in that. Do you know, the the, the simple pleasure of, um, I, I, I struggle to to find um, any any justification at all. In, in a world where somebody could say go to uh I, I, okay many years ago i was in hawaii and i was sitting on a uh on on, on the beach at waikiki sudden you know and, 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 and we went on a tour and the hawaiian guide said uh i said everybody's very kind of peaceful here and he said it's 86 degrees all year round with a balmy kind of trade wind blowing across it's very hard to be upset about anything and i'm sitting on the beach in that you know thinking and i was just looking at the ocean and i said of thinking i wasn't i wasn't thinking anything you know it was just the beauty was incredible you know the, the overwhelming beauty of the world around you and whatever the reason you think that beauty is there and whatever your belief is why it's there or whatever i mean a wow you know mm. to see that is incredible mm. And I'm just, and there's nothing going through my head at all. And about three, um, four meters away is a guy on the phone, you know, he's sitting on Waikiki beach and he's going, okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him we'll, um, you know, look at the contracts when we get back. And I just looked at this guy and I just thought, you poor sod, you know, you poor sod. If you, if you, if you cannot look at this so yeah of course there is so much value in nothing there's mm. so much value in not doing anything because we need it you know we need to do nothing we do we need to do nothing, and that's why i do so much of it that's why i do so much of it. <laughs> so one, one thing that i am really really good at is doing nothing yeah 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 i've made a uh I'm, Made a career out of doing. Made a career out of doing nothing, <laughs> but you do you do amazing things. I mean, you know, you did your desert trek. Um, you you know, you put up the stuff you're walking on. I know, I know for a fact that if we if we dug, uh, I I say I know for a fact I'd put a pound on it happily. That if we dug into your life, we'd find all sorts of things that you do that we know nothing about that just benefit the people around you, because you're that kind of person. You're just that kind of, of nice guy, you know. And and if you live a life where you don't do that. Um, what is it? You know, last night my daughter asked me, a, a friend of hers, Mr. Last Bus Home. I was tired. It was the end of the day. We were studying Tesco's trying to find something we did. And I'm thinking, what cooks fastest? You know, because I do most of the cooking in the house. I say most, I mean all. And um, uh, and I didn't want to do it. You know, I did not want to get back in my car thinking, I'm not even sure how much diesel I've got. I'll have to stop and get something. I don't want to do it. And, and I just, you know, I didn't want to do that. Mm. and it would have been easy Bella said please you know I understand you're going to say no to this but she is stuck and she can't get hold of her mom and various things you know and I, I did I went and picked her up of course I did but why and I just if you if you, if you were capable at that stage of being of saying no I don't want to be that person and back in the 90s we were talking about I was that person I would have said no mm. you know 
and I, and I've, I think I think a, a measure of success is the ability to not only have a business that allows me to be stood there with Bella when she got home from college that day, but also didn't mean that something was pulling at my time to such an extent that I couldn't go and give um, a, a friend, and we actually call her Extra because she's like an extra daughter we've, we've had around for years, um, that I couldn't drive, you know, and give her a, a, a helping hand when she needed it. So am I successful in that? I, I would claim that as success. Am I rich? No. Am I poor? Oh, God, yeah, I'm good at that. I'm very good at poor and doing nothing. I wonder if those two things are linked. Do you, you see um, patterns? Yeah. Like in, in making some notes to that and without wanting to put words in your mouth because you didn't actually say it, but um, is it along the lines of uh, putting others first? Because that's a kind of a, you know, a common phrase like, oh, I put, uh, uh, you know, try and put other people first. Is it something along those lines? It's not, it didn't sound quite like that. No. Like having time for other people. So it's not necessarily first, but having time for other people. It's having, I mean, certainly probably having the time to do, um, I, I'm not suggesting, you know, I don't, I, I don't and as much as I admire it, you know, I've had a friend who, was, who spent many years in Malawi getting amoebic dysentery, helping people who, who desperately needed him, you know, and that sort of stuff. And I've nothing but the, the highest and, and, and absolute awe of people who do that kind of thing. You know, I mm. just, I couldn't, what you did in the desert, it's incredible. I yeah, I had no idea. It I wasn't nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. So, so um, but, but I would never, you know, I couldn't do what you did. But it, but what I can do is the things that, that need doing it. And, and I think it's, uh, I think we have, it's more than a the, the thing. It's an obligation. It's a duty. It does no harm. You know, the the guy who's, um, uh, don't tell Christina I was nice about her. Okay. It's really important that you don't tell, tell her I was nice about her. But one of the things that she does, that I find absolutely inspirational. If she stops in, uh, I think it's the Premier Inn in London, she quite often goes to, to central London. She comes back through Euston and there's a guy, a homeless guy sits outside uh, uh, the station that she passes every day. And on about the third time she passed him, um, she'd had uh, one of these delivery breakfasts that they'll, they'll drop outside your door, which is, you know, a bottle of orange juice and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a whatever it is, croissant, whatever. Mm. And she wasn't going to eat it. So she, she gave it to this guy. And from there on, every time she stops there, she gets the breakfast to give to the guy as she goes past, right? Probably, I don't know, cost, cost her eight quid to buy 10 quid for the breakfast, whatever it costs for her to do that. But the point is, she doesn't have to do it. She could hurry past. She could ignore that guy. And from his world, it's it's. I'm not saying that it changes life. It doesn't. He gets a bit of breakfast that he didn't expect now and again. You know, she makes his life a little bit better. I'm sure, you know, there's certainly there is, and there is a, a thing, isn't there? Um, they call it the uh, reward principle, um, reward, reward response, where if you do good, if you are good to people, you know, if you're good to other people and you do good things, it makes you feel better. Yeah. You feel, you know, physically feel better. Mm. And and it's a physiological response. We're not talking yeah. about any contrived thinking. Your, your brain produces loads of dopamine and makes you feel good. Um, so Christina gets, you know, at this breakfast that kid, and I, and I, I, a little thing like that, you look at that and you think, actually, that is far more admirable than many, many people who do a grand, you know, 
ball every year for uh, to put on and throw. But the, the, you know they're doing for their own self-aggrandizement. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. just a There's... little thing. She probably never mentions it to anyone. She just does it. There's, well, a, there's a, a lot of that kind of uh, virtue signaling, isn't there? That's the you know it's yeah. it's it's one of those things. And you mentioned you, you've mentioned a few times like scripture and stuff like that. One of the one of the things that I get it says don't let your can't remember which way around don't let your left hand see what your right hand's doing. All right, mm. and 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 that kind of actually is important. You're not doing those things to go. Hey, look at me! I kind of look yeah. look what I did to her. this poor guy. Aren't I amazing? Like, yeah. No, yeah, that's not the reason. If you're doing it for that reason, you you don't have the right heart for it. You're not doing it for the right reasons. Um, and it's and it is something that uh, that it should be kind of you know kept to kept to yourself really, mm. and um and and do it because you want to do some good. I believe it's a duty. I genuinely think it's a duty to, mm. to do, you know, a small thing here and there um, can make a big difference to somebody's life and make, make you know, make things better for them. And choose your own. Choose what makes you happy. You know, I have charities that I'll happily walk past when they shake a tin at me and charities that I'll put a pound in them when they shake a tin at me. Um, I find some things very difficult to deal with. I think while we have, you know, um, uh, 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 people, human beings, children, people, you know, uh, political uh, prisoners, prisoners of conscience around the world and, you know, kids suffering. I find it very hard to give to charities that don't support that, if you see what I mean. That, yeah. for me, feels a big thing. So mm. um, that's just giving anybody watching a, a good opportunity to get a tenner off me a month on it. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the, the, but I, I, I choose your own, choose your path. And, and if you are successful, I think if you define what you, come back to your, your main theme here, I guess, if, define what you think is success Um Money is going to be part of that. Of course it is, because we need it. Money can be exchanged for goods and services, as Homer Simpson says. You know, the um, you need money. But there is, a, I think, uh, a hope coming up for us all. Um, let's face it, let's be honest, our generation, um, not us individually, but as a, as a whole generation, got a dumpster and set fire to it, Right. Then we threw loads of old tyres on it and then went, that dumpster's on fire and walked off and left the next generation to deal with the crap that we left. Um, you know, so coming up with these, this, this is, you know, what we, we idly call Z-Gen. And I find Bella incredibly um, inspirational to talk to because, first of all, she is um, effortlessly um inclusive you know the and, and so are many of her friends are effortlessly inclusive you know whereas you and i because of our, our ring because of who we are have to make an effort to go okay mm -hmm. this person needs to be included they do it effortlessly there's no thought behind it mm -hmm. um which i i think is such an admirable trait it's you know it's what we all talked about in the 70s where the world was going to go you know mm -hmm. um secondly about it her she is ambitious she wants things in her life, but I think she she has this principle that I I would describe as she wants enough and a little bit more to make life good. Anything above that isn't a priority, you know. And and isn't that amazing? Isn't that a wonderful way to be? You know, to to look at the world and those when those guys are on there and, and saying, "By my scheme," um, and you'll be on. 100,000 and, and they're working eight days a week to get that done and 100% and there was a one the other day so if you're not putting your business above your family then you're not running a business you're running a hobby 
um, mate, get in the sea. Um, you, you know, it, those people, I think, are about to, uh, genuinely feel about to face a bit of a backlash with this. Mm. Um, everybody must have a side who they've got to be entrepreneurial all the time. You've got to be 24-7 yeah. entrepreneurial. 10x, you know. I, I genuinely think there's a backlash coming. I think the Z gens are rejecting them. Mm. Uh, and the younger millennials who are rejecting that generation, uh, uh, yeah. that, rejecting that principle. Mm. And good on you. Good on you, because somebody's going to have to put this dumpster fire out. We started that. The, um, in Japan, they, they, they came out with, the, uh, with their idea about what the next, effectively, industrial revolution is. Mm. Um, and it's about society, community and society. And, and I think all of those things that you've just described play really well into that. And the kind of the money-making side of things doesn't. And, and we end up moving to, uh, hopefully, something where actually the whole kind of hashtag be kind um, uh, sort of movement and inclusion and yeah. Uh, yeah. looking after the planet and looking after others comes to the forefront rather yeah. than you know like you said you know 80s which is just about making money quite know what this period in time is apart from ruining everything which <laughs> i don't think we we've quite we've quite worked out what this era is going to be known for but um it's, yeah it's a remarkable thing isn't it we created possibly the largest advancement ever in the history of mankind with the internet and, yeah. and you know and the, and the technological revolution and this generation coming through now with the first genuinely integrated um, digital, first, digital yeah. 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 You know, mm. they don't go on or offline. Um, they are those things. Then, at the same time, it's not it's um yeah. And it's remarkable that we created that, possibly the largest revolution in in you know for for, for millennia the, of, of changes in society and the way that we do things. Um, and uh, we used it to play videos of cats and created the horrors that is influencers. Um, and again, don't let me run on that one, but you know the horror of the uh, the the YouTube influencer <laughs> sitting on a beach in Malibu, telling somebody in Leicester, back streets of Leicester, that about how good their millionaire lifestyle is. The stuff that really gets me is um, uh, the think and grow rich, manifest it, and then it can happen. Like, so if you want to sit on the beach in Waikiki. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to do that and do six, seven figure months, then all you need to do is repeat <laughs> some affirmations and yeah. um, you're, you're there. Um, but that's usually stage one of the process, isn't it? The stage after that to make it work is now plan your business properly, do this, do this. There's always a, a suspiciously large amount of very sensible planning that comes after yeah. the thinking growing. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Think and grow rich. It's uh, make all these affirmations, pay me 700 yeah. quid for the course. And then you're, and then you're, and then you're great. But the, the, the other thing about that is that, you know, what people often forget. And in fact, if you get chance, you'd, you'd probably rather like it too. Uh, there's a book by Rory Sutherland called Alchemy, where he talks about um, uh, the, 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 the illogical way that humans behave. And he said, we, you know, we hold up people like Bill Gates and so on and, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and Steve Jobs as, as heroes. Um, and very simple, the universe will happily reward a lucky idiot in the same way it will reward somebody who works hard. So let's not put too much stock in it, eh? Mm, yeah. You know, and it's a valid point. You know? yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, Kevin, we, you started by um, by questioning internally whether or not you're a superhero or supervillain. 
Um, so, uh, so if you were one, who would you be? What superhero or supervillain? Yeah. What superhero would it be? Um, or, or at least, what powers would you have? Uh, I think I. I guess I. It, you know, it, <laughs> I. I would be uh, probably. Probably, I would be uh, Daredevil. Okay. Uh, it, the, I, I, I love Daredevil. In fact, me and Bella are rewatching it right now, um, because whereas the others have great powers in the streets, whatever Daredevil, um, I don't. You, you probably don't know. I, I'm aware of your familiarity. The, the, Daredevil with has culture. some confidence. That's that's his superpower. Yeah. That's it. That is confidence. He has. Yeah. He's just armed with an over overabundance of self confidence. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's he. Well, you should, I thought you liked Devil. He's a lawyer. Um, Matt Murdock. He's a he's a lawyer by by day, um, and he's blind. And right. he, he's, his superpower is he, he's developed a kind of uh, using his hearing in a, in a way. And he's a martial artist. And the, and the nice thing about Daredevil is um, he gets the crap kicked out of him, which superheroes don't normally do. You know, <laughs> he gets beaten up. He's not invulnerable. Uh, he gets hurt. And but he he's he's on the streets, you know. He deals with it with a street law thing, and I and I have a, I have a lot of admiration for him because he basically he's a superhero who, lacking any real superpower apart from this super hearing and, and sense of touch, you know, um, is incredibly vulnerable. And he gets up day after day after day and goes back out with, you know, a broken shoulder or <laughs> things from from the night before he didn't succeed. And that, and that I think that sense of duty that that, that comes through there makes him very admirable. So yes, if it was that, I'd be Daredevil. Um, but of course, I would also like to be invisible so I could hang around listening to people's conversations because I'm a writer and we're inherently nosy. <laughs> Kevin, it's been uh, it's been great to have you on uh, the podcast. We've covered a lot of subjects. Uh, yeah, I didn't answer yeah, any enough. of your normal questions. I did. I did. <laughs> Uh, well, I subverted your podcast there, didn't I? No, no, no. I, and, and actual fact, I've, 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 I've largely scrapped those questions. I, I came up with those questions about a year ago, and I, and I now feel that they don't flow. So I, I kind of just have okay. a conversation with people nowadays. Um, so it's, it's fine. But we've, we've kind of covered a lot of points about what success isn't and what's, what success, you know, just kind of look like. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there's some, some really good points here. And you, you kind of come from a point where uh, you know success isn't about uh, money. Um, that uh, sort of learning, reading, um, you know, being aware and telling of, of the storytelling uh, mm. side of things, that's that's important to you. Um, happiness is important to you and spending time with people that you love and, and want to uh, want to do that, <laughs> making sure that you're spending time uh, in, a, in, a, in a good and valid way so that, you know, every every hour is uh, is used to the best of its hour. Um, yeah. And, uh, and and you, you mentioned as well that there's value in doing nothing, um, and we talked about as well the duty to help others, and you know that kind of that um, that overriding duty of of community and society, and I think that's uh, that's a, an, another good one. And then it wasn't you, so we'll credit Bella, which is to to kind of have enough in terms of money, mm. have enough a little bit more to do some good, um, mm. and uh, but that word enough, and it's a it's a really kind of popular word for people to uh, to say. So. I, I, I think so. I think enough is success. To be honest. Mm. And uh, and I think we've had enough of uh, of this podcast as well. So you've had enough of me, you mean? Yeah, okay. We've had okay. Uh, I know where I'm not wanted. Of it, so um, yeah, so 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 thank you very much for coming on. And um, do you want to tell people, remind people that I'm watching and they're on the podcast where they can find you, like website and social media and that kind of thing? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me on uh, at uh, your. We're talking about my daughter. Look, she's just calling me. <laughs> okay. And that no, phone. I'm really pleased that, I told you to put that to on. To that, put that on yeah. silent. Yeah, 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 she's texted yeah, me about four times. <laughs> it might be important Sorry. to take it. Yeah. So yes, I mean yourcopywriter.com. Uh, you'll find us on there and, and and find what we do on there. Uh, and the same uh, yourcopywriter.com will be on. Um, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. You can find me, Kevin Lee Robinson, on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm holding, I don't know, can I like advertise something? Of course you can. Yeah, thank you very much. By the time this goes out, it'll have gone well past this anyway. I just realized. But I'm, I do some face to face training on copywriting and screenwriting uh, so, and, and, uh, and blog writing and things, which I've got coming up on the 17th of October. Well, this will have never going out before the 17th of October, is it? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Office. Okay. Yeah. 17th of October, drop us a line and we've got a place left. You can come along. It's in the morning. So, 10, 25 quid, that's all. What a bargain. Perfect. It is a bargain. It is a bargain. Yeah, it is. Incredible value. Well, I ran out of things to say there, so I sold something. Sorry. Absolutely. That's, it's absolutely fine. It's no problem No problem whatsoever. It's uh, it's uh, hopefully someone listens and says, do you know what? I want to attend a, a, a face-to-face course with this grumpy northern guy. Seems <laughs> unlikely, but all right. <laughs> uh, Kevin, thank you very much for coming on, and uh, we'll speak soon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me.